I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I am Julio, I'm joined by Francis and two delicious beverages that we're sipping on. I like that this is becoming a, sort of a bit of a routine for us. Yeah, it is. Sipping. Sipping a seltzer. It's Friday. Um, yeah, dude. You made this a routine. Did I? I guess did I start you this? Sneaky dog. Fucking um, Lord Farclaw. Lord Farclaw, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, uh, I'm just gonna get right into it, man. My girlfriend coughs so fucking loud. It's oh, the boy. craziest thing I've dude, like we'll just be in bed, it'll be silent, and I'll just hear. And I'm just like, oh, oh my god! No. That's that's not fair. That's not new? what it sounds. Is like. this new? You didn't know this? I have known, and I'll be like, and, I, and she'll do it, and I'll just go, Jesus! And she's like, what? What do you want me to do? And I'm like, you're right. Yeah, like I certainly do way weird, like worse shit than that. Yeah. And she's just she's just a loud coffer. It's not even, it's not gross at all. It's just loud. It's like startling. Th- that is one of those things, people's sneezing patterns and then the way they cough are it either bothers you or it doesn't <laughs> and it literally it doesn't bother me it it, it startles me i'm when i that hear it sucks <laughs> i know what you mean and that sucks <laughs> not even trying to error uh, i feel bad i mean i, I the, it, it thank god it isn't something disgusting you know what i mean yeah i prefer startling because it's loud over something that's gross. She has no gross habits. She's a lovely person who I do not take for granted. So I feel bad coming in hot, bitching about her cough. Um, I don't think anyone would have thought that based on what you said, you were taking her for granted. (laughs) I don't think people would be like, man, Julio, you really, you don't understand that her cough, you don't know what you got. (laughs) I think I think if you had been like, I I don't even know what what would be you showing that you took her for granted. What's something you would say where you took her for granted? I don't know, just like not being. I I don't know. Like you, when you get too comfortable with people, sometimes you just take them for granted. Yes, that's and I true. I try very much to never do that, and I don't. So I don't know. yeah, I don't think you do. That's but she good. she's a little upset with me because my the evolution of my nicknames for her has started to get to a point where she's like, okay, we need to, you have, you, uh, you do lay a number of nicknames on her on things and people. Cause all right. So obviously the ones that we've all talked about Hillman and all that kind of shit, Hillman. but then <laughs> Hillman, she's fine with Hillman was fine. But then I was calling her Hilly and then I was calling her Hilly bean. And then I've just been calling her Hilly fuck. <laughs> And she goes, what? What the fuck is that? I just go, finally, fuck. And I can't help it. I, I just. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, dude. Sometimes the excite Is it when you're excited? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. outside. I'm like, Hilly, fuck. You get excited. I hear you. I hear you. I say crazy stuff to the dog the same way. I don't even realize what's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. She's a nicknamer, too, though. She, like, will give me funny ones. But they're not, like, as stupid as mine. Like, mm. hers have or have a little more, like. They're a little more sophisticated. Gotcha. I don't know. Like, stu- I don't know, Juji. I think that's a cute one. Juji's nice. You know, no one's ever called me Juji. Mm. That's a good one. Juji Bean. Juji Bean. You know, fucking, I don't know. Throw a bean on anything. It's cute. Bean is cute. <laughs> bean is a, is a good one, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, so, dude, these we're drinking these so these seltzers. It's funny. I was at the bar at a comedy club the other day. One that we, the, we actually hung out there recently. Uptown, Stam, New York. Yeah. And uh, Greg, the bartender, who I've known for many, many years, great guy, I go, can I get a tequila soda? And he goes, sure. And he gave me a tequila sunrise. (laughs) 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 And he poured me a big one. And I just felt bad being like, I said tequila soda, because, you know, at the comedy clubs, they give us drinks for free. So now I just 
have this tequila sunrise. Imagine what who would order a tequila sunrise <laughs> in this day and age? Dude, in like a 16 ounce plastic cup, like a, a, a magnum tequila sunrise. Is it is it tequila, orange juice, and cranberry juice? Like, I think so. Because it had like those two colors in it. And what the guy I'm with, he was like, ooh, I'll have one too. So now we just both have oh tequila sodas or tequila sunrises. He finished his. And I saw this as a golden opportunity. I was like, you do you mine? want mine? Yeah. And he he had it. Oh. So this, this guy drank 32 ounces of tequila sunrise. <laughs> that is so like, much orange juice. That is so bad, dude. What is it, Chris? What's the drink? Oh, even worse. Um, bro, okay, sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna this is like a, a bit of a rogue move, but you just said that's so much orange juice. Listen to this email we got. It's so random and so funny. Okay. Okay, it's called Weird Sleepover Breakfast. Hi, guys. Francis OJ at Bedtime Story gave me flashbacks to this awful experience. I slept over a friend's house when I was in first grade or second grade. Everything was fine until the morning after when the entire family consciously chose to put orange juice in their cereal. <laughs> there was no milk to be found. They served it to me as if there was nothing wrong. I tried to choke some of it down to be polite, but it was truly horrendous. Our friendship did not last. That is the crazy shit I've ever heard. That is super weird and super weird that they would have served it to this kid. <laughs> Dude. It speaks of a family that has only ever been with itself. Yes. Yes. Every member of that family has never hung out with anyone Anybody else. else. It's like a homeschool. Homeschool. Stockholm uh, syndrome. Bomb, bomb shelter. <laughs> sort of stockpiling. Yes. A survivalist family. Correct. Drinking orange juice to get this vitamin C. This is the C. way it must be. How crazy is that, bro? That's weird and makes you wonder. <laughs> Speaking of survivalist families, there's a book I read. I think I, maybe I've talked about it before. It was called uh, Educated by Tara Westover. A lot of people read this book. And it's about a girl, a woman who grows up on a in a survivalist Mormon family. And they're constantly preparing for the day where like the government is going to come to their property and seize them or like the world's going to end. And they're very suspicious of everything. Mm. And it's a I mean, it's a horrifying book, <laughs> but this girl goes on to somehow like get herself into the University of Utah and then she graduates, you know, cum laude and then goes to Cambridge on a full scholarship, basically the Rhodes Scholarship for Cambridge and then becomes like a brilliant writer and not a true story? No, it is a true oh, it story. Is? Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. But her parents deny the veracity of the story. Uh... And I have some kind of doubts about it, too, mm -hmm. because she basically said that she and her siblings were all raised without schooling. Right. Um, and they weren't given books and stuff like that. And they had to they had a one copy of like an SAT prep book, which they basically studied secretly under, you know, candlelight or something prepping for the standardized test. And yet, of her like four or five siblings, three or four of them received PhDs from like top universities. They're all very right. academic. So either the story has some holes in it, or the parents are just the most brilliant homeschoolers. Oh yeah, exactly. Or their system worked better. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Which yeah, you know. And the and the mom runs a. She sort of started developing these like homeopathic medicines. So she was mixing these elixirs and herbal remedies, okay. you know, for fixing stuff. And she branded it and it became a really successful business. Dude. It's an interesting story. That is Educated crazy. by Tara Westover. Just read it with a little bit of um, a grain of salt, I think. Because, you know, as, as I always like to say, there's the author's truth and then there's probably the parent's truth and the real truth is somewhere in between. Dude, it reminds me. Of, have you ever seen the movie Mommy Dearest? No. It's a. It's a supposed to be like autobiographical of like Joan Crawford's adopted daughter. Like so, Joan, the actress Joan Crawford, yeah. whatever she was supposed to be like nuts, and 
the movie comes out, whatever. And then like so many people came and spoke out against the adopted daughter saying that like the story wasn't true and that like she was embellishing and that Joan Crawford actually was like a great mother, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and it's just crazy how that kind of stuff can become controversial. Yeah. Like people act like it didn't happen. Another interesting thing about that movie, they say that it like ruined Faye Dunaway's career because she played Joan Crawford so well and so crazily that like no one would cast her in other shit. Isn't that weird? They say the same thing about the woman who played Nurse Ratchet in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's. Really? She was so evil and so and so disliked that nobody wanted to see that actress ever again. Which, by the way, isn't that a bitch that they brought it back as a series? Which is awesome, by the way. If you oh, have watched they done? it? It's on Netflix. Sarah Paulson plays Nurse Ratchet. It's a spinoff. Oh, and is it called Ratchet? It's called Ratchet. It's fucking great. Really? I loved it. Yeah, and I'm excited for the next season. Wow, unreal. Um, crazy shit, bro. Mm. Dude, I'm oh, sorry. We're well, I don't have a whole lot. What do you got? I got something funny for you. My dad. Good has this thing that he likes to do. Oh, good. And I love these. I actually think it's pretty funny, but it's still such a my dad joke. So when he goes places and they ask him for an ID, which like shouldn't be happening, but you know, for protocol, you go to a liquor store or you're at the bank and they need your ID. What he does is he he has the, the McLovin ID. <laughs> <laughs> From Superman. And he'll slide it and like, he has said that never have the has the person gotten the joke. They just look at him confused. They've never gotten the joke because like he's probably handed it to you know these like older people. Like I don't know the, uh, the person working the desk at a liquor store is probably like I don't know some older guy or like. But dude, it's strange, and it's also strange you mentioned this <laughs> because I watched Superbad again for the first time in I don't know how many years, and it was a I watched it. And I thought, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Dude, it's so good. I'm, it, I haven't watched it in a while. I'm glad it to hear is, that it holds up. Uh, an artistically brilliant movie. So I, good. The sh- the, all the kind of coloring and the shots and the whole... It's so simple. It's just the same teenage movie we've seen a hundred times. Kids are in search of a party. The dialogue's so funny. You know, they... Yeah, but th- that's the dialogue and the characters... You know, at uh, fucking, you know, Seth, the cops, they're characters you forget about and they're really good. And um, that movie came out like, I don't know, 12 years ago. It's crazy. So many years ago. And I can, it's weird to me that your dad would hand that ID to anybody <laughs> who's too old to have seen that movie. The Hawaii. Yeah. It's just, you a, know what I mean? Cause it yes, came out so long course, ago. Dude, absolutely. Um, and he still, I can't believe he still does it. He's been doing it for years. My dad has been handing the McLovin ID to people <laughs> for years, dude. And it is funny, but every time he calls me to tell me that he's doing it once again, it's pretty funny to hear. Dude, it's funny. My dad will call me and like, it, this reminded me cause last episode you were talking about how golf kind of like, so my dad, he'll call me to like talk through his golf shit. Dude, my dad does exactly the same <laughs> really? thing. He'll be like, I don't understand. How is it that I, you know, I'll, I'll birdie the first three holes and then a triple bogey on four. What was the point of even birdieing them? He's like, Dude, but I need to remember that it's fun and that I shouldn't be. I wish that's what my dad called me and did. <laughs> what is your dad? My mean? dad calls me. He called me yesterday and he goes, hey, Fran. And I'm like, hey, dad, what's going on? And he goes. So something happened. <laughs> and like, immediately, the same way that my girlfriend does this, my heart goes to like, okay, do I need to start looking at flights to get home? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you, like, you, you were know, scared. There are enough. There have been enough health problems in the family that that should not be the start of the sentence. But typically, I don't get it from my dad. Mm-hmm. But I do get it from my girlfriend, right? And he goes, something happened. So I go, what, what, what? My heart's in my throat. <laughs> oh, no. He goes, I, 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 the driver has started to click. <laughs> and he goes, and I'm, 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 I'm really playing well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, instead of snap hooking it left, as I usually do, my misses now are are two yards off the fairway. <laughs> and 
<laughs> he is so intense in his delivery of this new development. It's as if it's as if he thinks that all his life I've thought of him as a failure. <laughs> and he finally wants me to be proud of him. That's good. And, 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 and I, I, I do think that that's part of it. You know what it is? My, yeah, I've heard that. He was, he was a really good athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an All-American lacrosse and football player in high school and then went and played it in college. He played uh, lacrosse. Right, I didn't know that. Awesome. Well, he was recruited for, you know, like by Princeton and stuff, and I think he got in, but then he chose to go to Amherst, oh. uh, which is a NESCAC you know small NESCAC D three school, which my dad teaches at Wesleyan. So there's That's another right. connection, right? NESCAC connection. And I I don't know I don't know exactly why he chose to go there, but you know, then when I uh, ended up playing Division One, I, I think that for him that meant that I was the better player. He was upset? Not I don't know. He no, no, proud. <laughs> Definitely okay, okay. proud. Okay. But it, it it maybe in his mind diminished his own tales of lore, mm-hmm. which he had regaled us with all of his life. Because all of a sudden <laughs> I now had let's call it a, a he was, higher badge. He's going we were playing Williams one at one That's Thursday it. afternoon. That's and it. now those stories didn't hold up to you talking about the... in in his mind right. you know and, and and the truth is that all along i had never cared no offense dad but like it wouldn't have he could have played professional lacrosse and short of being a hall of fame nba player i don't know that our dad's war stories from high school sports ever matter to the kids that's great um so now golf has been the one sport where he has continued to improve even right. into which his late sixties. It's the only sport you can improve. That's it. <laughs> and so I think that it is his one way of clinging to some kind of authentic claim to athleticism that that is can be evidenced, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in my my eyes. And yet he cares so much that whenever he and I play together, he gets nervous. Mm. and plays terribly (laughs) and i know he's a decent golfer i know he is i've seen him shoot like 38 on on a nine hole and that's on nine holes that's an incredible score it's really good but he can never maintain it Mm -hmm. because he freaks out yes and tightens up as so many people do and he's a total head case and (laughs) so all the best rounds of golf that he's played are ones that he's had to recount to me over the phone, right, right. which I think he knows in my mind. I'm like, yeah, sure. I wasn't oh there to God, see it. Dude. I believe him. It's, I just mostly, I just don't care. Father son rivalry. I, well, I just, I just don't really care. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a, I am definitely a better golfer than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I can hit the ball twice as far because <laughs> I'm ha- half of his, age, less than right. half his age. Um, but as you know, that doesn't necessarily matter. No, you know, like but, I hit the ball way farther than my dad. My dad's ten times better than me. Well, yeah, but if you played as much as he does, right? I don't play. You that would much. catch up. Eh, yeah, me, yeah, probably. I don't know. Who knows? The point is that these conversations, I these breakthrough conversations, <laughs> happen somewhat regularly, dude. To me too, and it's always funny. It's always like. So I made an adjustment with my irons. Yeah. And I am hitting the ball so far and so clean. I had a new lesson. I had a lesson with the new pro, Ben. <laughs> they got this new kid, Ben. He told me I was standing too close to the ball. That's the only thing that was missing. It's like, oh, oh really? What about the fact that you shank putts? <laughs> Because you're sweating so much, you can't even grip the club. Dude, I love the idea of you standing there. It gets in your dad's head. <sighs> I so feel fun. bad. It's supposed to be fun, father-son golf. It is. And yet when I play with, with the him, it's as if he's playing with all the demons of his life. <laughs> it's like you guys are the two guys at the top of the leaderboard yeah. at Augusta. But I'm not even judgmental. I Because I, when I play with him... I get I get psyched out if I play competitive golf. 
mm-hmm. you know, if there's money on the line or I'm playing in some kind of tournament, I get psyched out. Yeah, right. Playing with my dad or my friends and, and you know, having some beers. It's like the that is fun no matter how yeah. badly I play. Yeah. Dude, it's funny. I can be really competitive, but then other times I can be totally like I don't care. Like I'm not competitive with comedy. I'm not com I'll get competitive in like video games or ping pong or whatever, but then like if we were to go golfing, there's no chance I would be competitive. First of all, it would be ridiculous because mm-hmm. you're a really good golfer and I'm not. So that would be insane to begin with. Yes, but I think that you like I are able to enter certain uh, you know, competitive pursuits setting your expectations at a reasonable level for yourself. Yeah, I like, guess it, it, there's something fun about competition. You know what I mean? Like sure. I'm okay with like Abba is a better tennis player than me. Yes. You know, Abba's a better Abba is a okay. step above me in tennis. That doesn't mean that that upsets me. If I were, if he and I were to play each other, would I be upset? Would it upset me? No, of course not. I would try to win. If I didn't win, it wouldn't be bad. If I did win, I wouldn't go talk shit about it. You know what I mean? Like, there's just a way to like. Right. So, Abba is a much better tennis player than I am, and you are a much better tennis player than I am, and therefore, I love playing tennis with both of you Mm -hmm. because I don't have any thought of trying to beat you guys. Right. Right. (laughs) And it feels like you guys are giving me a free lesson. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I guess the competitive juices are more sparked when it's a more even match. Yes. That will make the, the, the juice. Or especially if you're the better player, I think. Oh, interesting. Because then you have this fear of losing to a lesser opponent. So this is, but okay. But it doesn't necessarily, it shouldn't matter because dude, like in, in the, even the professional tennis, like the hundred guy in the world can take a set off Djokovic. He can win a match against Djokovic. Doesn't mean he's better. Yeah. But that would eat at Djokovic. Yeah. I guess you're All right. those guys who are at that top level. They are so hyper competitive that they that it probably eats. But dude, you can see when they lose, like they're usually really they're really cool about losing. It's because they've played lose so so much, hundreds of millions of matches that they've learned the rhythms of. You know, there's like almost probably a, a an autopilot response that kicks in of class and dignity, and and you know they understand that in addition to what that means to them personally, if right. they were to throw their rackets and scream a bunch of F yeah. words, they'd lose sponsors and stuff. There's, there's uh they still do it. I mean, guys, but guys will be pissed, but then they don't take it on the other person. And maybe that's because there's a system in place of like, there's people making the calls and you don't have to be, it's not like in college where it's like gets nasty because you're calling your own lines. And oh shit. yeah. That dude, I was watching college tennis on TV yesterday it just makes me appreciate how good the pros are seeing how bad the college guys are on TV. Yeah. I was like, this is embarrassing. Yeah. It's a different speed. It's just not even the same sport. Right. Isn't that interesting? Crazy. Uh, I never had that because college lacrosse, I mean, (laughs) pro lacrosse is basically just college lacrosse. Interesting. There's no, well, it's it's better. The best of college lacrosse, Mm -hmm. but, there's not that big of a pool to draw from. Right. And also, I mean, some sports, it's more like common to play college first. Yeah. Like in tennis, it's like unusual. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, well, interesting. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Dude, I had a funny thing happen the other day. I I did a bar show. For the first time yeah. since the pandemic has struck. And for anybody listening who doesn't know about this, a bar show is essentially, it typically, in my opinion, you can correct me if I'm wrong, be the most difficult situation in comedy depending on the setup. Sure. Now, if you're in a room where the place where the show is happening is in the same place as the bar and maybe the patrons don't know there's comedy, 
it can be a really kind of like stressful situation. I had to do half an hour. Oh my God. At a bar show? Yep. Half Why? an hour at a bar show in Queens drunk because I, I agreed to do it. And it, it was like a decent payday for a Wednesday night. They had you headlining it? So I did. So there was a host and then myself and Wally Collins both did a half an hour. So it's just, wow. Okay. It's um, a small lineup. Yeah. So yeah, the show's like, you know, hour and an hour and change, whatever. Um, How much did you get paid for that? Like a hundred bucks. Okay. Um, and there are, the crowd is drunk as fuck. And dude, it just remade, it made me remember this advice that I got from Gallagher. Remember Gallagher? Well, everyone knows Gallagher. Does everybody know Gallagher? I, I think I, he's become a punchline as a name in a way, but I, he's, he's, he's known. It, I don't know. I don't know. Chris, do you know who Gallagher dude, is? He's the guy who smashed watermelons with hammers. He was just like a nut, a real nutty, prop comic, nutty, nutty guy. Come out on stage and just blow shit up. If you guys don't know who Gallagher is, look him up because he's a nuts. And in my opinion, hilarious. Like, what an insane thing to be doing. He would just yeah. go out and destroy fruit. Didn't with he a have mallet. some kind of insane fall from grace? Maybe I don't. Know. I know that he happened. He smoked a shit ton, and I don't know, whatever. But dude, okay. I remember one time he was at the club that I was at. He he, he was coming around for a short period of time, a few years back. And he he saw me perform. He was very complimentary, which obviously feels good when when somebody like that gives you uh, nice words. But then he was like, "Let me ask you a question." He's like, "Do you respect the audience?" And I was like, "I don't I don't know. Like, is this a trick question?" I was like, "I guess." He's like, "Well, let me ask you this: How can you crush them if you respect them?" And then he kind of just like floated away. It was, <laughs> it was like the weirdest. But dude, I was trying to like, I was, I was nervous before this spot because of how intimidating it was. And I kind of got, was trying to like channel that, even though it's like not a good, and I don't feel that way. Like I do respect the audience, but I was kind of like, okay, fuck this show. Does not matter? Like, just go do your thing. Don't get intimidated by these people, whatever. Show ends up being great. Ends up being a great, it was, it was a little tough. They were chatty and drunk. And whatever, but end up getting through it. Ended up being fine. Um, and then I end up at the bar, and one of the guys from the show gets up and starts talking to me at the bar. If you guys ever go to a comedy show, there's certain things you don't say to the comedians when you're talking to them after. One of them, don't encourage them to stick with it. <laughs> Even though that's well intentioned, it's really condescending. There's something about it that implies that you're. I have not yet made it. I don't make money doing this. Which is not correct. I, I make money being an entertainer now. And also, it implies that you're thinking about quitting. Right. And that if not for this fucking drunk loser, <laughs> right. you would be out of the game. Right. And he's, he's like, whatever this guy wants, whatever this guy wants. I end up taking shots with this guy. I'm like, whatever. I don't get too offended by that. Like, it's fine, whatever. But there's certain things. Just, just don't. Don't encourage us. There's no encouragement necessary. Yeah. If you want to say good job, that was great. If you'd like to ask us questions, since you obviously don't understand our lifestyle, please ask questions. But don't start telling us about life in our field that mm -hmm. you don't know about. Mm -hmm. But then at one point, dude, this is funny. He starts talking about how he is a garbage. He, he works with garbage. He's like, I'm in sanitation. Yeah. He's like, but if you need tickets to anything, let me know. And I was like, didn't you just say you're a garbage man? Like, what do you mean? Like t tickets to the landfill? Oh, <laughs> like, did you not, say that? No, of course not. But in my head, I'm like, what are you? That's funny though. Like, how do you go into telling me that's your job? And, but you also are the guy who has, can get tickets to everything. Yeah. That just is like the most, something about it felt really stereotypical. A guy being like, call, call this number and you get Yankee tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, dude, it was crazy. It just brought, it, it, it's nice. I remember experiencing this and being like, wow. Stories of weird comedy shows are yeah, back. Yeah, I get to share this with the boys. So, I don't know. It's funny. That is funny. You know, he might not be wrong. Because, let me tell you something. I went to England with my dad once. Mm -hmm. And we went to uh, Liverpool soccer game. Oh, sick. Uh, against Manchester City. So, it was a huge game. Yeah. Manchester City, the two teams were vying for the, the, the league. And How was, long ago was this? Um, probably two years ago. Oh, so the Manchester City had already been bought by the rich guy. Yeah, the, these were the two top teams in the whole league, wow. and they had already distanced themselves from all the like the third place team. And you know, it was a massive, massive game at Anfield at Liverpool. 
And we had to, my dad and I had to, uh, this was like the, we were going to the game, I think the day before we flew home. And so we had our golf clubs. We'd gone on a golf trip and we needed to take all of our bags all the way from Liverpool to Manchester Airport because we're staying at an airport hotel. Okay. Drop our bags and then come back to Liverpool to go to the game. And we got in a cab and asked the guy if he could take us to the Manchester airport and then bring us back to Liverpool. Now, Manchester is only 45 minutes from Liverpool. So it's not crazy. But it's also why the Manchester-Liverpool game, more Manchester United versus Liverpool, is considered almost a derby. Like a two teams from, you know, they're huge rivals because they're so close right, 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 to each other. Like Mets and the Yankees, whatever. And um, we get in this cab with this guy. And, I mean, I have videos of him. <laughs> he was a fan of Liverpool soccer in a way that made me think that I have never cared about a sports <laughs> team at all. That every fa- American fan I've ever met of any American sports team was just halfway, halfway there at best. Interesting. This guy, I am not kidding you. He starts telling us stories because we, we tell him we're going to the game, and he's so excited for us. He's going to the game, too. Mm-hmm. He's got season tickets. He's has, he had season tickets. His father had season tickets. His father had season tickets. And um, he tells he starts singing the songs and crying <laughs> as he's driving us on the highway. Tears are coming down his face. And he goes, he goes, he goes, I, I get emotional. He, he's like, the team, it's my life. The team's my life. Fran. He kept calling me Fran. Fran. He's like, Corky. My dad, he's like, Corky, Fran, the team, you, you don't. He's like, oh, today, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be buzzing. The place is going to be buzzing. The cop end. You know, he's, he's going on and on. He's telling us all these stories. That's good. That's good. He's got the whole history of the team. And. You know, we, we grew to love this My guy because we, we were in the car with him for an hour and a half, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. And at the end of that, he told us, like, if we ever want to come back to a Liverpool game to, to hit him, to wow. text him, he'll help us get tickets to anything. Which seems like and he probably... He can, but he's a cab driver, right? right? So my point being, your garbage guy, guy buddy... Maybe might be more plugged in than I think. Sometimes it's not necessarily the investment banker at Morgan Stanley. I wasn't being condescending about can, his, no, his hey, job. That's not what I mean because that's that's what I think. I'm like, right. oh, this guy can you know through his bank's luxury box get us. You know they have probably courtside seats or season tickets to Madison Square Garden or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay. But, you know, you never know. Here's the difference. With the Department of Sanitation. Your guy specifically was talking about Liverpool, and you talked about Liverpool the whole time. My guy said, if you need tickets to anything. (laughs) I'm like, oh, really? Can I get tickets to the Met Gala? Yeah. Like, like, get out of here, dude. Gucci Mane? Get tickets to anything, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, dude. Hey, your dad's calling. Oh, he is. How about that? I know. We should One day we'll get him on here, dude. Yeah, how about that? You know what your garbage man probably couldn't get you tickets to what coffee heaven (laughs) the only people that can give you tickets to coffee nirvana are our friends over at brooklyn roasting company coffee dude it's amazing how aromatic that is francis francis opened it 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 smells smells so so good it is it tastes even better oh Oh, we love that. Smells like a coffee shop. You know, Brooklyn Roasting Company, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It is number one. It is the only, like if I, I, it's the only coffee I would need to drink for the rest of my life. I don't need to experiment anymore. I don't need to try others. I've had enough coffee that this one to me stands out so far above and beyond the rest. so good. That. I'm satisfied. And as long as they will keep giving me coffee, I will just be, this will be it. This is it. This is all I want. Dude, 
broken coffee roasters. This They're is their really Sumatra awesome. Ketiara blend. It's earthy, black pepper, cocoa nibs, dark roast. I'm a big fan of their espressos too. I've been drinking a lot of this. I go through a lot of this stuff. Good stuff, bro. Um, use yeah. code OOPSBEANS. You'll get 5% off your first order. Brooklynroasting.com. Guys, get some of this coffee. Trust me. You will not be unhappy. You can French press it. You can throw it in your machine. Anything you want. We have one of those uh, lovely home espresso makers. So we love that. That's really good shit. Oops, beans. 5% off. Dude, I have a question. Have you ever heard this uh, saying? My our, my buddy Brent, who I've mentioned on the podcast before, the guy loves to speak in sayings. I also love the way you do an impression of him. Yeah, he talks like this, talks like this. Um, dude, he literally was telling me about a guy who he knows who has a lot of money, but that he's cheap. He goes, yeah, he's got deep pockets, but he's got those alligator arms. <laughs> oh my God. He goes, you know, you got to hate those alligator arms. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's just too good. His credit card just doesn't reach across the table. All the alligator way the arms mean they're, they're too short to reach in your pocket. Is that's, that? Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. That's good shit, dude. Yeah. Deep pockets, but alligator arms. <laughs> Not a um, good combination. Dude, too good. Um, we got some emails if you want to get, get Let's get into those emails, baby. Okay, yeah. So um, this one, I think that we can help our pal out here. Um, By the way, that, that short story that I mentioned in the last episode about the longest rain or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. So many people DM'd me about how traumatized they were by that same <laughs> really? short story. You got a couple of emails about that, yeah. too. That's so funny. Um, you never know what people are going to latch on to. I know, exactly. Right? Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Um, all right. So this email is called Tips for College. Okay. Hello, Oops the Pod. My name is blank. I guess we'll just leave him anonymous just in case. He didn't Let's call him Davey. Davey. Dave East. Yeah. Hello, my name is Dave East, the rapper. No, um, whatever. I'm going to be a freshman in college in the fall. The college I'm attending is a known party school and also a known academic school. Is it Tulane? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's like a school that has a pretty good academic reputation, but also known as a party school. Well, there, I, I, honestly, my my mind goes to like UVA. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that about UVA. Which is also another funny thing that like where depending on where you're from shapes which places you think are really good schools. Yeah, well, or not, the, I mean, or party schools. Sure, but all, like, dude, also fucking hell. You could say any school is a big party school. Yeah, but you with also, the exception no, of like MIT. No, no, dude. Some schools are like party schools. Dude, Dartmouth is Air. a huge party school, and it's also right. an Ivy League so there's, school. There's an example. Maybe that's where our buddy's going. But there are. My point is that there are a, probably a huge portion of kids at Dartmouth who don't touch a sip of alcohol their entire time there, or okay. maybe you know. But dude, when you say a party school, you don't say Dartmouth. You say Arizona. You do still say Tulane, even though Tulane has a reasonably good academic. Okay, so maybe not yeah, to you, you, but... the big, the big state schools, right? Sure, yes. All what, the whatever. any any school that has a really good football team, I feel like, is a big that's party. That's true. School. Inevitably, that's yeah, a, that's a really good point. That was a really good point, dude. Georgia, Missouri, Mississippi, Alabama, Wisconsin, Penn State. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, dude, um, the stories that my girlfriend tells me about her time at Penn State make me think that. I went to military school <laughs> by comparison. Yeah, I didn't feel like my school was that crazy either. Yeah. Um, all right. He goes, I was wondering if you two have any tips for me or any other freshman going into college that you wish you two would have heard before going into college. Relatively new listener. You guys are my favorite pod. Um, got through the pandy because of it. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank I, you. I got one right off the bat. As a freshman, I wish that I had known to choose my classes based on what I found interesting as opposed to which classes I thought would be easy. Oh, interesting. Number one. That's a good one. That's my number one tip. And the reason is the classes that I found interesting, I did better in, even if they were harder than the easy classes. Right. Because I tried and I went I went to the classes. Dude, perfect example. I took French one in college, even though I had taken five years of French going into college because I thought I was going to get a good grade. Didn't realize class would be every day. I ended up skipping half the classes and like getting a B minus. Yeah, you get smoked. <laughs> That's it, man. That's exactly it. Yeah. And also you just don't give a shit so you don't apply yourself. Whereas like 
I, I I don't know. I mean, the harder classes that were still in, that were interesting to me, I I tried. And if you tr- you got you got to try. If you're gonna try, then you're gonna do better yeah. than the classes where you're just like, well, I'm gonna do the bare minimum and mail it in. Totally. And so uh, on top of that, I would add that try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try yeah. to care. Try to force yourself to care because I found myself not caring until it was too late. Like junior year, I got my shit together and I started doing well. And first of all, the damage that you do freshman year, it's impossible to overcome. If you do really, if you do really shitty, your GPA is fucked. Like you can't, you're just done. It's over. Barely Um, moves forward. So honest, my actual advice to anybody considering going to be a freshman in college is take a fucking year off. Mm. That's my actual advice. For me personally, I needed more time to become a serious enough person to get as much out of college as I needed. Yeah, but dude, the problem is that I feel like a lot of kids would take a year off and become less serious people. It's possible. Listen, that's 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 definitely a risk, but I don't think for me personally, I would have ended up still going. It didn't make sense. It was too complicated with sports, whatever, red shirting, blah, 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 this and that. Like I needed to go and start playing sports. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I didn't feel mature enough to get the most out of college. I care too much about social shit. I didn't. I just didn't care about school my first two years. At yeah, all. yeah. It's it's so tough to ask an eighteen year old to arrive with a sense of how to balance social life and and acad- and like your job, which is you know doing well in school. Um, but I will say that you know, looking back, I am. I feel like I'm much happier that I I don't feel like I left a lot on the table in terms of school as opposed to feeling FOMO for the nights that I decided not to go out, you know, right. and blow up and do karaoke. Well, dude, did you feel that sports kind of kept you honest yeah, sports was for me too impossible dude. yeah it was impossible and was i missed out nightmare i missed out on spring break there were things i didn't I get to every, do. every spring break yeah not I, a single I, one. I didn't go on spring break once not one time yeah and you know you'd have a match and like some nights i would still have a couple of drinks the night before a match or some nights too many drinks and like still go out there and have to play and whatever or before practice isn't that but like knowing that that was there kept me behaving yeah, within a reasonable spectrum sports was just uh, such a fucking grind. My body hurt constantly. Such and I a was grind. 19. I know. Your I know. joints, you back pain, knee pain, ankles rolled, all this shit. Constantly in the training room, icing. Yeah. We'd had this cold tub. Oh, I would great. do hot tub before practice, and then I'd do the cold tub after. Dude, I still do the cold tub. Where do you do a cold tub? So I actually go to bath. I go to this place, Bathhouse. Oh, yeah. Which is not yeah. far from where you live. Um, it's over here. It's sort. I mean, it's it's in Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, any place like that typically has a cold plunge. But yeah. I treat it like an ice bath. I go in for ten minutes, and it's actually funny because the people there are like, oh, "Are you seeing what that guy's doing?" Like, I actually feel kind of cool. <laughs> but they don't realize that like that's a thing that you actually do. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't know that when you stay in for a minute, you don't feel it anymore. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah. It hurts so bad at first, but literally, it's like. The ultimate deflammatory thing you can do. It's amazing. It feels so good. And anytime I like run or I do something that like my body can't handle as well as it used to, I always try to schedule Mm -hmm. a place where I can get into one of those afterwards. Boy, that's impressive. I wouldn't even know where to find one of those things. I will say this. They're awesome. You know how we have our roof deck? Yeah. I really want a pool, a little kiddie pool. Just just like a one to two person thing that I can sit in. But do you want a cold plunge or you want like just a little hot tub uh, or something? I don't want a hot tub. You want like a, a little pool? I want something that will be cold in the summer, okay. but not necessarily joint deflaming cold. Hey, well, listen, I got a guy. You need anything, you let yeah. me know. I know a guy who'll do it for you. <laughs> just tell him Tommy sent you. <laughs> um. But, dude, that's great. I mean, that roof is looking real fucking good, man. Yeah, she's coming along. Francis, why don't you just keep hosing yourself down? So that's what I did earlier today. I got home. I was really hot. Got home from golf. And Chris, I was was here setting up. And I was like, dude, I'm going up to the roof, and I'm going to blast myself with the hose. (laughs) He's like, why don't you just take a shower? And I was like, "Mm mm-mm. I need. It doesn't hit the same. I've been thinking about the hose. (laughs) 
I want I want to be like a guy who just arrived at prison. Did it feel good? I want to feel like I want to be like a guy who you know got skunked. <laughs> um, it felt pretty good. It wasn't quite hot enough, uh, for mm. it to be refreshing. It just got a little cold. It's just like, Ugh! yeah. <laughs> when I went down my back with it, dude, I lost my breath a little. I can't do cold showers. I just can't do it. No, no. I can do the cold tub. I can't do a cold shower. You need immersion, huh? Yeah, I need. Yes, yes, I need wow. immersion. But dude, I'll tell you what, man. I re- I know I've said it before, but I'm just so happy that the spa is a thing that you can do again. Yeah, dude. I like. I know you go to Vegas every once in a while, man. Next time you go, I would like to challenge you to try out a Vegas spa. Okay. They're the best. Okay. And dude, what I do, like when I was there for a while doing shows, I would go to a different one at a different hotel every day. Interesting. And you have to pay a fee if you're not staying there, but like it's worth it to see their setup. Like some places have these experiential showers where like you hit a button and the lights go off and then you just hear, ah, and then just a monsoon happens. (laughs) 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 Ah. Dude, the Venetian, dude, I'm telling you, I, I, I love the spa more than anything in the world that's it's such a relaxing it's the way that i relax it doesn't do no a phone. whole lot for me i'll take you some time okay i think i need to go with the right people yeah that's it, it. it's it's actually also really fun to go with a friend is it you chat you sweat together and when you're with somebody else too it makes you forget that like how painful it is when you have someone to talk I see. to isn't that fun but dude i told you this i took sometimes it's a wild card you never know how people are going to act at the spa i went right. to the korean spa in la i brought my friend jarell and we go into the bulgama which is the hottest sauna of all of them and he just starts reciting a shakespeare soliloquy hmm. with like nine people sitting around him with his eyes closed being like whatever famous one like I, I, I didn't I didn't two households it. both alike in dignity but saying it two households yeah. both alike in dignity in favor road yeah, where we lay our scene do I remember in acting class they used to say that you don't have to act in Shakespeare because all it's so well written that like you don't have to do anything with the language that's horseshit though that's horseshit because there are comedic scenes and there are dramatic scenes. Right, but the argument are, is that it's all there for you and you don't have what to do you, anything Then more. you're just, what a, you're doing a table read. But reciting the language properly is the thing that gets you the good grade. Mm. I struggled with it. I took an sh- acting Shakespeare class in college. It's tough. I liked it. Really? Yeah. I Dude, I hated it. it was well, the me. acting classes at, at, at school were, if you just, if you did well, I mean, you got an A minus no matter what, pretty much. Got it. And there, you know, the homework was like, learn the scene, right, 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 which was right. easier than write a 14 page paper on right. some crazy thing. Dude, I, I took it in conservatory and the, they make you wear all black uh-huh. and dude, every single day, somebody from class would cry. Not because they were in a scene because they were like, it was, the stakes were so high. That's it was crazy. so stressful. Like. It was a well, really you know, we don't plan. know much about your acting training. You went. How long did you do that for? Conservatory. Like I, I did part, like parts of this program. I wasn't in like full time conservatory for like four years or something. But I did like a three year thing wow. that was like really intense for nine months. And then after that was like I still I still had scene study class. I still had that, but it wasn't like right. five days a week. Right. Um, so it was like pretty intense, but not like as intense as like a Juilliard or like whatever, like that kind of level of full-time acting conservatory kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was great. It was good training and you know, whatever. Cool, man. Uh, Well, I, um, I was thinking about this. Do you ever, and I'm going to also, let me preface it by saying this. I don't know if this is a female trait. A female-specific trait. So I don't want to generalize. But two women have done this to me recently, and I, therefore, think it's a women thing. Okay. Where my girlfriend does this a lot. She will start telling me a story, but she doesn't give me enough information for me to understand it. Interesting. So... She will start stories in the middle a lot. So I'll tell you what, before you continue, my girlfriend accuses me of doing that. Really? So maybe it's 
Then it doesn't sound like it's a female. Maybe it's thing. not a female thing. Because she'll say, whoa, 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 back up. I need more information. Yeah. It's as if I, you know, I caught the second half of a book on tape. I, <laughs> I, she comes in and she's, she's telling me a story and, and, and throwing names at me. And I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> Coworkers, dude, bosses, say, dude, say, yes. friends, enemies. And it's, it's as if she thinks that I have access to the blueprint of her mind so I can <laughs> kind of get the footnotes as needed. And I have to ask lots of clarifying questions, which sometimes she finds almost annoying. She's like, why aren't you letting me finish? And I'm like, well, I don't know don't what know the what's fuck happening. is going on right now. <laughs> a girl, a listener DM'd me a story that had so much missing information. <laughs> and what was the story? I, I, I wouldn't even know where it was. And it was so many weeks ago. And I, I it was intriguing, but filled with holes and i asked i was like hang on a second what did you mean by that who's this she was like oh sorry 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 you're right i'll back up and then she started at the beginning and i was like yeah i mean (laughs) all of that was required i'm a stranger to you right i don't know you 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 and i don't have any frame of reference all of the things that you left out the first time i needed yeah and it and 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 I don't like to be made to feel stupid either. So, what what is that about? Right. Dude, why do why does that? Because it sounds like you do. I it. do it too. So this is this is the thing. I don't mean to, and when I do and get called out for it, I will realize what I'm do, what I've done, mm-hmm. and I give background information. It sounds like your girl, it doubles down on the fact that you should just understand. <laughs> no, she, well, the, the, that was the girl in the DMs, maybe. But but my my, my girlfriend's pretty good about it. But oh, okay, Let's I'm see. guilty, unfortunately, of providing too many details. Well, I'm also wondering if you just missed the details at some point along the way, and that might be why she's upset because she thinks you know the the foundation information, but you don't. It goes back to what I was saying, I think, in the last episode, which is that you you should err on the side of explaining things to me as though. <laughs> I am brain dead. It's the theme of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Explain it to Francis if from you can, If you have visual aids, that helps. <laughs> Dude, I... Man, I was thinking about this. Speaking of college sports, there was a period, I remember, senior year, where I was so incapable of understanding what the coach was explaining in terms of a drill or a new strategy or a new tactic that the mm-hmm. only way that I could do it was to start at the back of the line and watch everyone. watch everyone else go through it by the third or fourth guy I got it and I could do it. Oh, what if he's like, Ellis, then you'd be fucked. Well, then the, I, I was, yeah, I mean, I was always afraid because they would think like he's not listening. And a lot of the time I wasn't, I was daydreaming. Right, right. I, I would daydream constantly were you good at, are you, Were you good at math? I was, unfortunately, this is what happened. I was very good at math. Until my junior year of high school, I was a year ahead. Oh, sick! And in the like honors classes, and I, I was, I was bumped up to the, ju- the juniors classes as a sophomore, or maybe even as a freshman. I took the sophomore math. Sophomore, I took the junior math. It was sophomore year when I was taking the junior math class that the teacher I had was so bad, so bad. Oh, interesting. That I missed a year, basically. Oh wow! I basically lost a year of math, and then you could never. And then in the next year, I was supposed to take as a junior, I was supposed to take AP Calculus, mm-hmm. and I took the first week of it. And the previous year had been so bad that I was like, I don't understand any of this. I'm not prepared. Oh, and they were like, Well, you've had pre-calc. pre-calc, and I was like, I haven't. So they basically made me take another year of pre-calc, Ugh. but I had the same teacher. Uh. Dude, thank God. Shout out Mrs. Betts. Killed it in pre-calc. Dude, and it, it the whole <laughs> thing set me on this trend of of feeling like all of a sudden I wasn't a good math student. Uh, and let me tell you something, Julio. <laughs> if I can advise that college student again, or anyone listening, the friends in my life that I have who are the most successful financially are all friends who knew their way around math math not computer science 
not finance. I guess I mean it all comes into that, but math was the thing that translated to wealth, astronomical wealth as an mm. adult. Yeah. That's what I've learned. Proofs in the pudding, baby. It all, everything we're doing now, everything that is leading to people finding a, an edge, angles, all of that, math. Fuck, dude. So make sure your kid is up on that shit. I was in. I was driving through Carroll Gardens in Brooklyn the other day, and I saw a Kumon Math Center. Oh yeah, and I was like, I, I would wear, I would raise kids here. <laughs> I think a Kumon Math Center is a very important sign of gentrification, and you could raise kids in this area. Dude, so, totally. And I stopped taking math after pre-calc, and now I get talked down to by garbage men at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with it. Stick with it. Dude, go, to, go to Kumon. I don't mean. To, I'm not. I'm not meaning to shit on garbage. People yeah. who work and this guy in particular deserves to be shit on though. Dude, I have an email that I need to read to you before this episode's yeah, over. Yeah, please. Yeah, please. Because I think you're really going to like it. Yeah, give it. it to me. Lay it on there. In the spirit of oops, and in light of your conversation about Francis, uh, I don't know what this is. All right, it doesn't matter. I thought I would share a cringeworthy life lesson I learned from Francis himself. Uh-oh. That if one were not self-reflective and critical, he or she may miss an opportunity for personal enrichment even if it means feeling silly. This sounds like how I tell stories. So Very verbose. For context, Francis and I have a mutual friend who invited me to golf with them in Maine during the summer between freshman and sophomore year of college. Okay, hold on a second. I got to think about who this is. So I know this guy? Yes, you've met this guy. So just bear, bear between with Between freshman and sophomore year of college, we went golfing, me and yes, this guy? Yes, okay. Francis was an enigma because he was so far beyond the bullshit most teenagers exhibit which for some may be intimidating or off-putting, but I actually found his confidence to be inspiring. So after a mm. shitty game of golf, which by the way, I can personally confirm Francis's patient with novice golfers, we went to eat at Macaroni Grill. It was a fairly cloudy and unseasonably cool day, but for some inexplainable reason, I thought I would try to be cool myself by having my window rolled down with rap music blaring at a high volume pulling into the parking lot. So I guess you guys took separate cars. I went to the macaroni grill with these guys? I don't even really like rap music. I picked one of the only songs that I know all the word that I know all the words to by Young Jock so that I would appear to be cool in front of Francis Ellis. Francis and our mutual friend pull into the parking spot next to me, music still outrageously loud. As I'm rolling up the window, Francis goes, "Why is your window down? It's like 50 degrees." <laughs> Are you trying to show how cool you are by playing loud music with your window down? <laughs> yes, actually I was. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be turned off by a frank and blunt question like that, but a spade is a spade. I've thought about that a lot when I try and do something uncharacteristic of myself to impress others. I appreciate that about both of you. Actually, you both are who you are, and that's what make this po makes this pod so great. Lesson learned. Don't try to impress others by being someone you're not. It's just cringeworthy what we go through in order to figure out who we are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what an incredible, incredible, first of all, incredibly well-written email. <laughs> really, really incredible. Can I look and see who wrote that? Dude, he's apparently a priest. <laughs> I know who this kid is. Yeah, I do. He's a really good dude. It sounds this like is a really great person. Awesome. And I, I have not seen him in so many years and it's amazing yes he did become he joined the ministry um ah, it's amazing <laughs> that he remembers this this vividly and i feel bad that i gave him <laughs> shit for that um because he is such a, he's a guy who never said a bad word about anybody right. and smiled all the time. Dude, what a great quality. Um, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll say his name. Will. Dude, I'm sorry, Will. He deserved Will. it, bro. He deserved no, it. No, he right. didn't. But, you know, I will also add that that was, what, freshman year of college? So Sounds 18, like 18, 19. Yeah. You know, this, uh, someone hit me up, um, a girl that I went to like pre-middle school with, like fourth and fifth grade. Mm -hmm. 
And she said that I used to bully her. Really? Yeah. And I I don't know if I don't know if she said that I bullied her, but that one time I like made a comment about her weight. Mm. Because I think that at that age, maybe she was a little overweight. And I was mortified. Mm. Did you even remember? Well, I remembered her, but I didn't remember saying anything about her weight right. to her. But I think that, you know, there are things that I have said and done from my life where by virtue of saying them and doing them and then being reprimanded for them, I learned that it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't do it anymore. And that is growth. Totally. But that also doesn't apply to the story we just read. No, fine. You're right. That's funny. That was funny. funny, Yeah. But if you took inventory of all of those things um, that I have said and done and you didn't then put the ensuing years of clean behavior in that regard, you would think that I was a huge asshole. Right. And I think that's true of everybody. Of course, yeah. And unfortunately, I think that that is what a lot of people end up getting in trouble for these days. Um, And we don't value the lesson learned as much as we criticize the fault, the original fault. Right. Um, in my mind, it's a problem if that person did it, got in trouble, and then continued to do it. Mm-hmm. Because that just means they're an asshole and they're just not capable of learning. But yeah, I mean, in fourth grade, fifth grade, I called a girl fat. I'm sure I did. And now... As an adult, I would never do that. I would never do that. I would know better than to do that. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and I'm sickened that I, that it, it probably, this girl probably thought I was a huge asshole for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She DM'd me about it. And now she said that she's a fan. She listens to the podcast. It's great. And it broke my heart, right? That I, in her mind, had just been a bully. For for decades of her life, mm-hmm. even though we we never spoke after like that day, mm-hmm. um, and she just graduated from, she's got her master's degree. I messaged her and like congratulated her, and uh, I just I've always felt bad about any shit that I did when I was just too young to know any better. When I did it because I needed to be told that that was wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, you know, listen, the other thing to remember, and this is why, you know, bullying is such a, it's a a complicated thing. It doesn't necessarily seem like it is, but you know, you're a kid. Yeah. You know, the kids are shitty. Well, that's the thing. I was bullied. I was bullied too. Yeah. I know I was bullied. Yeah. And dude, you know, I certainly got picked on too at moments. And it's funny, like if I were to have picked on somebody, I don't remember. You know what I mean? That and I, it seems like if someone were to tell me that, I would obviously be surprised the way that you were. You probably don't even remember that that happened, obviously. Right. Right. And like, um, it's just, dude, it's one of those things that how can somebody hold it against you when you were a little kid, dude? You shouldn't feel you shouldn't take that too hard, man. You're not a dick as an adult. Like well, but okay, so where does consciousness set in? Listen, you learn that lesson. Like you said, you're a kid. You hopefully are learning, hey, don't do that. Maybe the teacher sees you do it. Maybe maybe somehow you learn that that's wrong, right? That's what should happen. Maybe it doesn't happen and then you grow up and then, I don't know, you feel bad or you don't remember or something. But like, listen, you're still just a kid, man. And like, even though that's fucked up of you, I don't think that it's, I think it's equally inappropriate to hold that grudge about something that happened to you when you were 10 when you were Yeah. Like, and for even the, though that's what we do. Right. We do. We do. I mean, I remember kids from my childhood who did things that were mean or wrong to me and I've hated them. Yeah. Or 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 forgotten about them. But if that if somebody brought them up, I was like, Oh yeah, fuck that guy. Right. And for all I know, that dude could have, you know, could be a great working guy. for Habitat for Humanity exactly. now or, exactly. or, or a priest or something. Exactly. Whatever it is. Exactly. They've they've righted the ship. They've they've you know, gotten rid of their bad ways. They've grown up. Yeah. 
Um, but but my question stands: What age do you think consciousness sets in where anything after a certain date? Right. Obviously, the, you know the crimes are different. Like you know, if you if you punch a little girl when you're no, three totally. years old, that's no big deal. If you punch a girl when you're ten. Uh, yeah, right. bigger deal if you punch a girl when you're 18 you're a fucking you're gonna asshole <laughs> yeah so right i would say honestly dude like 13 14 you start to be a little bit accountable more like i mean the older you get the more and more accountable you you get for sure but like i think that some some degree of accountability starts i would say around that age maybe and maybe i'm pulling now, that out of my ass yeah middle school right. high school you know like these are that that's an age where maybe you should know better Right. I think. I don't know. Right. Well, some people don't get taught those lessons until later. Yeah. Because their parents don't, you know, instill it or whatever. Maybe they come from like shitty homes where their parents yeah. addicts them or maybe they're just assholes. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Complicated. Fascinating stuff. Good shit. I feel like I have so much more to say on that subject, but I, it, it does, it does fascinate me, but I want to, I'm ready to rock. Let's. We've Let's wrap for, that we, shit, yeah, baby. Um, dude, great episode. Guys, thank you uh, for riding with us. We're excited about the summer. It's going to be great. Um, you can follow Francis at Francis C. C. Ellis. Follow me at Not Julio. Send us your thoughts, your stories uh, to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, thanks again.